gonna we're not gonna pass you again. Yes, sir. Let's go, man. Yes, sir. Dude, I, I'm, I'm telling you, we've been excited about this. I, I thought we lost you when we moved up, and I'm excited to get you here. We're excited to get you here. we got a heck of a foundation growing, man. It's going to be fun. Do me? Yes, sir. I can't wait. All gas, brother. Let's roll, man. Hey, I'm What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at WillPaul11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Solo pod for you guys today. We'll have a guest upcoming, Lindsey Jones from The Athletic, here on Friday. Uh, but just me today, and then we'll, uh, we'll be back into the guest schedule, like I said, starting Friday and going forward throughout the summer. But exciting time. Hope everybody enjoyed their Memorial Day weekend. Um, nice weather coming about, even though the weather was uh, not great on, not great this weekend. But going forward here, um, weather starting to heat up. Jets OTAs finishing up uh, last week, and then you know we'll uh, we'll get into a little bit of what's kind of going on in Jetsland between Ronald Blair signing this afternoon, Mike Lafleur, and uh, some of his comments today, which were which should get the fan base pretty juiced up. Uh, previewing, you know, we'll preview the upcoming summer a little bit, like I mentioned. Morgan Moses, you know, take a visit last week. And uh, you know we'll just do a little bit of takeaways from uh, OTAs, and we'll get you we'll get you started with your week uh, week off right. First thing we'll get into today for uh, you know in Jets land, Ronald Blair, San Francisco 49ers defensive end and edge, uh, signed today with the Jets. Uh, you know he's a guy who's a Robert Sala favorite, another you know a veteran presence to come over, knows the scheme, is familiar obviously you know with Sala's te- coaching techniques, tendencies, his coaching staff as a whole, and something I think is is super important actually. You know, he's a guy that'll be, you know, at best a role player on this team and a situational pass rusher, high effort guy, um, someone that Salah loves. And, and you know, he can be a coach on the field as somebody that missed off 2020 with an injury, but um, and has been effective, uh, you know, at times, you know, in playing, you know, I believe 13 and a half sacks throughout his career. I think he's 27 quarterback hits, um, you know, in his four year career that, he, you know, he's been playing. But overall, I don't think there's anything – there's no downside to the signing. Um, I think it's super it's super important for the Jets and, as a whole because, you know, you're – something that happened in 2009 that was, you know, really helpful for that Jets defense, and now I'm not consi- – you know, not comparing the two and from the actual talent on the field, but, you know, guys that like a Jim Leonard that came over, Bart Scott, obviously very different names. And I know when Joe uh, – you know, Joe Caparoso of Badlands obviously, you know, mentioned, oh, Fred Warner's contract doesn't, you know, uh, you know get re-signed for next year, but – Regardless, they need people that are going to know Salah's techniques. They're going to be able to communicate from for him when he's not in the room, you know, in those positional meetings. And somebody that, you know, they're they are switching from a three-four to a four-three, which isn't too complicated. It's actually going to be able to let the Jets pin their hair back a little bit further on you know on the defensive line perspective, um, you know. But again, it's super important to have guys in the building. Can Blair make this team? Most likely, is he a guy that's one of about twenty-five edges that Robert Sala and Joe Douglas have gone after this offseason? Absolutely. So, you know, you look at a guy, you know, the Vinny Curry's of the world, Ronald Blair, JFM, um, you know, p- people, guys like that. Um, you you would expect to be situational pass rushers, role players, and kind of fill in, you know, opposite Carl Lawson. Obviously, of Q Foley, Rankins, the list goes on. Um, but the you know the D line continues to get strengthened here. Robert Sala's made a, you know, this coaching staff and, and um, 10 years made a huge effort, again, addressing edge, addressing getting after the passer. And that's going to be able to help out that linebacker, you know, in corner room, which clearly, you know, we've talked about numerous times. I've talked about a bunch. It's a super young group. 
It's going to need a lot of help. They're going to need protection. They're going to need the Jets to get after the quarterback at a super high rate because if they don't, um, that's why they'll get exposed the way they did the past, the past few years. And again, Blair's just another addition to that. Um, again, temper expectations. This is not <laughs> this is not the Jets signing. Uh, you know, the way they signed Carl Lawson, when everyone kind of went crazy. This is a depth and the rotational piece. Again, familiar with the system, understands what it's going to take. You know, he'll come in. And he'll be somebody that can compete in camp and try to push some of these other, you know, some of these other veterans, 28 years old. And, uh, and I think it's, I think it's a smart signing. Uh, I think it's a smart signing for the Jets. So that's one piece of news today. Secondly, which I thought was even more awesome. <laughs> Michael Fuller uh, did his press conference today and Randy Lank was on the podcast. Um, I believe, you know, right before the draft talked a lot about, you know, he was really excited about solid, all these things. And he talked about, you know, floor as well, and him bringing his offense, that Shanahan uh, West Coast outside zone scheme. And, you know, before I comment today that if you haven't read this article, go on the, web, the team website and go check it out. But this quote really stood out to me. What's cool and unique about the offense is, yes, it's the West Coast system, and we're trying to run outside zone and do the play action stuff off it, but we fit it to our players. And that's something we've learned. I've learned from all the guys I've been around. If that doesn't get you fired up based off of what the Jets have been like, you know, for the last decade, minus 2015 on offense, especially what they've been in the Gase era where it felt like, um, you know, we don't have to talk about more Gase too much, but a lot of the biggest, you know, criticisms around Gase were just the lack of adjustments, right, and being a leader and all that stuff. But he refused to put these guys in the best situation possible. It's one reason why I think what happened with Sam was it was a huge disaster. I think what happened with some even the weapons on this, you know, the roster or lack thereof. Yes, that's that's an issue. But great coaches are going to scheme and say, oh, you know, Jameson Crowder and Braxton Barris are clearly the only two effective receivers we have on this roster. Yet they can't play on the field at the same time because it doesn't fit the way I want to run my offense. That's poor coaching. That's not evaluating what you have on your roster and trying to make the best out of it. I think the Jets are now in the opposite boat where they see okay, we see this guy can do something really well, right? Now it's, we have two guys on the outside who are great contested catch guys. And we have Elijah Moore and Jamison Crowder and Braxton Berrios and Keelan Cole. You know, you want to be able to get all those guys in the field as much as you possibly can. And I think that LaFleur's comments kind of emphasize that. Now, obviously they're just comments. We're not, we have not seen him call plays, um, you know, plays for this team. And I, there's a long way to go there, but these are comments are super, super important. I cannot emphasize enough how the Jets just feel like they've always had a lack of, they have a bunch of weapons or they, even if they're just, they're not great, but they're good enough to get, you know, do better than, you know, what they're getting out of. It's partly because they're never put in a good position to, you know, to do things. Even you felt like looking back in the late 2000s, early 2000, you know, tens with the Rex years and Brian Schottenheimer's called plays for a long time in the NFL. And that, that's great. But, you know, I feel like he wasn't able to make that offense work as, as well as he probably could have. It was all – it was very basic, simple stuff and didn't feel like there's a lot of weapons on that team. You look back, and even 2015, there's a ton of weapons. Those offenses stood out because the talent was just so good. I mean, obviously, the 2009-2010 offenses were mostly, you know, run game-based, even 2008. But I'm excited about LaFleur's comments, like I mentioned, the signing of Ronald Blair as well today. Those are both – those both keep pointing – the direction keeps pointing out for the Jets – Everything that you you see, you hear from Sala, from LaFleur, from Wilson, CJ Mosley's comments, you know, this week. And, it, the, you know, list goes on and on. And there's just a lot of great energy, uh, you know, around the building. I think there's a ton of 
optimism about this, what this team can be, not just this year, realistically, you know, probably like I mentioned, you know, maybe between a six and eight win team, they get really hot, maybe a nine win team. If things don't go great, Wilson's not able to stay on the field or something like that, lose some close games, maybe a five win team. But, you know, this is all stuff that if you survive the Adam Gase years as a, as a Jets fan and dealing with the negativity, the his way, my way or the highway, but your, you know, your way not really working at all. Um, you know, this is, this is a great thing to hear. And it's something I'll be interested to see how he's going to actually call plays. He, you know, like I said, you know, we haven't seen that. He obviously was, you know, has worked under Kyle and that's great. Um, now let's, now let's kind of put it to the test because all the things that are being said, all the things you're hearing, um, I'm hearing, but great. So, um, you know, kind of go, from, kind of go from there. Next, we're going to get into just some of the takeaways. I know we mentioned a little bit on the on the pod with Joe on Friday, but I just want to mention a couple of the other takeaways I had from, you know, OTAs. Obviously, you don't want to overreact to their first practices, you know, with the veterans there and, um, you know, just in helmets and things like that. And, you know, obviously not wearing pads. It's literally internal practice and all that type of stuff. But, you know, we mentioned a little bit again. A couple of the things that really stood out to me is just, again, we mentioned some in the past segment, but the, the youthful energy the Jets have. It's one of the younger teams. Uh, it feels like in the NFL, even the veterans, guys that have been there for a long time, 27, 28 years old, um, this isn't a team stacked up with guys that are over the hill or, you know, hanging on for one last for one last run. And similar to the Gore, Demarius Thomases, even looking back to the Plaxico Burrises and, and play, players like that that were probably past it and, uh, you know, or were past it. And, you know, they kept running them out there expecting the same thing. So, um, that's that to me again, CJ Mosley being on the field and watching him and he looks great. Um, you look, watch guys that, you know, are coming back, um, like a Ty Johnson, and Michael Pirine, who are competing in that running back room with a Tevin Coleman, that that'll be about, you know, a battle to watch of who kind of, I, we, th- we, I think, and I think most people think Michael Carter will realistically be the starter for at least the majority of the season or taking you know, a majority of the snaps. That'd be interesting to see who kind of wins that, that second running back battle. You kind of assume it's Tevin Coleman. At this point, um, you know, was, has been in the system again. Now they've got a guy both from the 49ers offensively and defensively, guys who might not be starters or, or superstars, like I mentioned, the, you know, the Bart Scotts of the world from, you know, 2009. But I think it's super important now on the offensive side of the ball, we mentioned LaFleur's comments, to have a guy like Tevin Coleman who's been in that system in both in Atlanta and in San Francisco, knows the way, knows the floor, knows Sala, can be a leader both vocally you know, and in the classroom, for lack of a better term, with some of these young backs, the Jets running back room is super young, minus Tevin Coleman. It's Johnson, P. Ryan, Josh Adams, Michael Carter, um, you know, and all those guys are 23, 22, 21 years old. So I'm interested to see how that kind of plays out. That's something that, you know, I noticed looking at, you know, the Jets be able to use the, you know, running back out of the backfield, help Wilson as another security blanket. Um, Obviously, Corey Davis, it looks like he got pretty banged up, um, you know, during OTAs, but, you know, should be fine. Just kind of escaped there a bit because, you know, running, I mean, a, an injury to Corey Davis already on a shoulder would have been brutal for Jets fans. You know, the excitement on Corey Davis, obviously Mims back on the practice field, who looks like he's, he's been in the gym working out, getting both those hamstrings back together. I mean, we mentioned with, you know, DJ a little bit of how, you know, how much of a struggle that really was uh, for Denzel Mims last year to you know tear both hamstrings as a rookie in Gase's offense during COVID and the fact that he still shined and, and was a, was a weapon last year, that even in, you know, minimal spurts, you were able to see very excited about that. Um, and, you know, like to the offensive line is, is the next thing. And, you know, the Jets had Morgan Moses um, come in, you know, for a visit last week, right tackle 
grayed out really well last year. Um, I'm interested to see if that if that kind of the Jets can make a move there. Um, I can't. Part of me thinks it's it's not a great thing for Fant, but also um, you know Fant's with no you know real guaranteed money left on that contract. Um, he's kind of always going to be a movable piece. We talked about this with Joe last week, but I'm not you know Alex Lewis restructuring is one thing. I think him, Greg Van Roten, Cam Clark potentially. Maybe you kick Fant inside if you need to. Um, you know they're they're going to do whatever they're going to do to get the five best guys. I think on the field at the same time. That's what they should do. Oakland did that a few years ago. Worked great. Um, again, the offensive line is going to be a question mark until we see, you know, the, the left side, we're not, no one should be worried about, um, even if these guys are super young. The right side is not great. Um, it, it might not be bad, and the Jets just need it to be serviceable going forward, especially going to training camp. I mentioned this again, but I want to see the best five guys play, and I want to see someone to go and take that battle and win it, not just because someone's hurt or, oh, this guy, they all these guys stink and this is just the least, you know, least bad guy of the bunch. I would like to see the Jets make a move on Moses, take a swing, a Trey Turner who's out there as well I'm from the Chargers, former pro bowler, um, you know, super injured. So he grayed out poorly last year, but a guy that has been a pro bowler, like I mentioned in the past. So either one of those guys, I, I'm not sure the Jets will do it um, or it might not be the best fit, but to take swing a right guard or right tackle for this offense could be great. You never know. You might be able to strike gold there and a minimal investment. The Jets have more than enough cap room to take swings on pretty much anybody they'd want to. You know, obviously that will go down if they were able to extend May a little bit. Um, you know, it won't affect the cap too much this year, depending on how they structure the deal. But yeah, Moses coming in for a visit again, no leaks out of the building um, yet again. So that was, you see the way Douglas really know operates and nothing's that's a airtight room <laughs> airtight room for that you know for the jets and it's pretty exciting to you know kind of see that after the mccagan era where it felt like everything got leaked at all times um so again take overall takeaways the cornerback room super young we mentioned this in the last pod i would assume that linebacker and and corner they might make moves on even the offensive line um during camp when injuries injuries do happen people get waived we just passed the june 1st uh, cut date so you know people's cap numbers are going to fluctuate and you know based on how they could get cut now versus you know now versus before um tight end room kind of quiet i feel like it's kind of be herndon and croft um and wesco is kind of that fullback guy but you know we'll see we'll see there again offensive lines exciting yet yet super young receiver group very very exciting probably the best group of weapons the jets have had since 2015 or going back to probably 2010 so yeah, I, I like like the way Wilson looked. He was obviously seven on seven mostly, and even team drills, you're you're dealing with guys. You know, you're not in pads. There's no, there's a lot of um, you know very basic install for a lot of the stuff. So, um, getting Zach Wilson up to speed, him being a film junkie is, is going to be you know be huge there. Him being attached to the hip to the floor, and I I know I've said this before, but I can't emphasize enough how important it is for Zach Wilson's development that they've not only brought in a young play caller from a proven system, a head coach who's bought into the quarterback, a GM who's bought into the quarterback. All of their contracts are aligned up with Zach Wilson's contract. So they need, they need him to be as good for their own sake as, as anything. And, you know, the Jets, the Jets are in a good spot. Here. There's a lot, again, positive energy around the you know, organization. Things seem to be much more competent than they have in a long, long time. Decisions that a guy would go on the market and you instantly think, oh, the Jets will go after him. And they haven't, they've kind of avoided that. They've, going after super high ceiling, potentially low floor guys, but at, at low risks for the most part. So 
Um, you know, exciting stuff coming out of OTAs. Again, Morgan Moses taking a visit to the Jets last week. We'll, we'll kind of keep you updated, you know, how we can there. Um, he's going to go on some more visits. And he's visiting Chicago today. Um, LaFleur's comments about trying to shape this roster and this team, um, you know, his play calling to the talent and, you know, emphasizing how much he can get out of these guys, you know, not how much they can get out of him is great. Um, Ronald Blair signing is an edge kind of flyer and a guy that knows Salah and can be a coach, you know, for that young D-line crew as well. And, um, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see how this kind of all shakes out now going to the summer and, you know, probably six or seven weeks now to go till training camp, which is, which is really exciting to think about the, you know, the warm weather, hundred percent capacity in the stadiums. And um, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of exciting stuff on the, uh, the Jets organization right now. Last thing before we, uh, before we wrap up here, uh, you know, on today's episode. And like I said, we have Lindsay Jones of the athletic, um, you know, coming up on Friday, she's gonna be a great guest and you guys are gonna really enjoy that one. And then coming up throughout the summer, we have a couple more ESPN personalities coming on the show. Bleacher Report, NFL, um, NFL Network analyst, some potential, um, some potential people that you guys are going to really enjoy from the current and old and you know and former Jets players. Um, so you know a lot of really exciting stuff there. Lastly, I just wanted to preview a couple of the position battles that I'm going to be breaking down during the summer. Um, we're going to try to have some guys on, you know, for you guys to kind of preview those that you know played you know played those positions either in the past or are currently doing so. Um, you know, position battles like the battle at right guard the battle at safety between, you know, young Ashton Davis and Marcus Joyner and how they're going to fit that all in with playing, you know, in addition to Marcus May, the battle is that second corner guy. It looks like Bryce Hall is going to be a starter on one side. And now what they're going to do at a both slot corner, um, you know, an outside corner as well. Um, they're, you know, a little bit of a battle, I guess you could say between Elijah Moore, Jameson Crowder, uh, Keelan Cole and Braxton Bears, that slot position, you know, obviously a lot of those guys can be used at the same time, but, you know, how that's all going to kind of play out. Um, obviously, it's not going to be a battle quarterback. It's going to be Zach Wilson. Um, you know, maybe that backup quarterback position we're going to have, you know, preview for you guys or just to see, you know, you know, if they're going to bring in a veteran or they're going to kind of let it fly with Mike White and James Morgan. And then running back, and again, I mentioned this earlier, um, and weak side linebacker, two, two battles that, quite frankly, there's young guys at both positions. There's vets at both positions. There's guys that have played really well when they're on the field but can't stay healthy. You know, so, you know, Tevin Coleman or Blake Cashman, for example, have not been able to stay healthy the last couple of years, but when they were right, they've been great or they've been, they've been very productive. You have a guy like Gerard Davis who high, high ceiling, uh, but we're not sure where we're going to get obviously being in that Detroit system, which I kind of compared to, you know, the way Adam Gase is for offense, Matt Patricia seems to be for defense. So, um, you know, the running back position, what Michael, both Michael Carter's at slot corner and, and running back will do. And, We'll kind of preview all those positions. Like I said, some huge, huge guests coming up, um, you know, short pod today. But, um, you know, OTA is finishing up. Obviously, super exciting. Ronald Blair, uh, now a Jet, a guy that can help, you know, Robert Saul communicate on that defensive side of the ball. Um, the Jets are going to be running their offense to get the best out of their players, not out of the system, which is probably the best thing I've heard, again, in a long, long, long time <laughs> from a Jet, you know, from a Jets coach. Um, and, you know, and I'm kind of go from there. And, and like I said, Morgan Moses will keep you kind of updated there and what they do, you know, with these post June one cut dates. So, um, you know, hope everyone again had a great Memorial Day weekend. Exciting stuff coming up Friday. Don't miss that. Badlands, Dan, Daniel Jeremiah coming on. I'm going to be joining the turn of the Jets live YouTube show tomorrow. Um, and, you know, and we'll kind of go from there. Draft season wrapping up before, you know, they kind of get in their summer break. So, 
um, you know, make sure to keep following on, you know, all the social platforms, uh, you know, take a, take a listen and, uh, you know, we'll talk to you guys for